This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Good day, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Uh, unfortunately, this is not a podcast where we're talking about a deep playoff run. Uh, we're going to be getting into um, what happened on uh, the weekend and the uh, terrible loss to the Jags. Uh, some of the happenings around the Chargers building and what might happen in the very near future. Um, to talk about all that, I'm joined by two of my fellow co-hosts um, over there in Texas. John Ayers, how's it going, buddy? Howdy. Just doing all right. Me and the horses. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, What's the weather doing over there at the minute? Uh, it can't make up its mind, much like the Charger season. Uh, two <laughs> days ago, it was a, you know a, a warm eighty degrees. Today, it's sixty-two, so Yikes. twenty degree drop. Whatever. The, again, I don't, I don't know how that converts for you guys, but it's goes from hot to cold. That's all I can yeah, say. Yeah, it's uh, pretty chilly here. We've got snow in the north of England, where Bezzy's is. He's currently on the um, somewhere in the north of England in Lancashire, stuck on a train. He's not happy at all. But anyway, Bezzy's not here, but. Our other co-host is Dan King. How's it going, mate? Yeah, could be better, but not too bad. Not too bad. And we could talk about a deep playoff run, just not ours. Not ours. <laughs> well, guys, let, let, let's let's start with it with the Jags game. You know, it's uh, water under the bridge now. I don't know about you, and I'm not just saying this. When the Jags scored that first touchdown. Something said to me, oh dear, this is going to get a bit ugly. Um, and that's exactly what happened. We just seemed to go downhill from there, despite having five turnovers, you know, three picks from uh, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. Everything was going our way. The Bolts looked in control. The Jags didn't have a clue what was going on. And then it all just unraveled. Dan, I first in the second half, I thought about you and your statement about we're going to come out of the locker room all guns blazing, and we didn't. <laughs> yeah. We were we were firing blanks, you know. We were shooting water pistol. Oh, uh, it was it you was know. something, wasn't it? Yeah, we we brought a uh, a knife to a gunfight in the second half, um, and it, it just went downhill. We 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 couldn't get our rhythm going. But I think John, biggest disappointment for me was the fact that Dick and the kicker, you know. Small margins, he's been almost perfect this season, and then he hooks one left of the upright, and it's like, no, and they you just seem to see things going from bad to worse. You know, we had the jet sweep with Michael Bandy, and then afterwards, um, you know, Justin Herbert saying he didn't actually know what he was doing on that play, as in Bandy didn't know, and it's like, what on earth is going on? What takeaways? Come on, guys, give me some of your takeaways. Start with you, Dan. Um, I was disappointed that uh, we didn't like we didn't get the run going at all. Really, we, we I think Eckler had thirty five yards on the ground. Um, we got twenty from Kelly and twelve from Herbert. We we looked um, before the game and said, generally when we had a player rush for forty to fifty yards, even we went on to win the game. Um, so it was it was kind of disappointing that um, Eckler just disappeared. That was another player we didn't have in that second half. He just was not there. Um, but yeah, I think it really, really um, did shine through that we weren't right on offense, especially in that second half. We didn't have Mike Williams throughout. We were relying on Gerald Everett a lot, um, who did well. He had a he had a good game, but. Um, can't say that about many of them on offense. Well, 67 yards rushing, 23 carries. That is not going to win you the Super Bowl, unfortunately. Um, and we'll be talking about the draft going down the stretch. But, uh, John, some of your takeaways from, from this. We keep saying it. It's, it's the worst defeat. Uh, this this is a bad defeat. I mean, it's obviously not great. Um <sighs> I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I vented my frustrations enough uh, through Twitter. Yeah, my wife was like, you know, hey, you know, you've taken this. Of oh, that was like day 
it was probably 48 hours after the loss. And she's like, you know, you've taken this pretty well. And I said, yeah, that's because you, you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, which is good. <laughs> uh, she actually doesn't really use Twitter. So, um, but yeah, it's like, if you were on Twitter, you would see an unhinged person who is this close to just going off the deep end. Um, so it was a good, it, it was very therapeutic for me to get all that off my chest. Um, so I'll try not to repeat too much of that. Just, you know, it is like, I think Dan is on the head, you know, the run game. I mean, when you, I mean, not in today's NFL, you have to throw the ball. Okay. That that's, that's the case. Run first teams do not make it in the NFL in today's modern era. You have to be a passing team. However, you have to have a functional running game. And the ter- I use the term functional as a baseline. You just have to have a function. We have a broken run game. It is not functional. You know, they, when you have a big lead, you know, you're going to see a lot more runs, which, you know, at, at the very least they run clock out, right? Not so chargers out there throwing the ball, stopping the clock, letting, you know, giving as much time as possible for, uh, for Jacksonville to get back in there, you know, and, you know, we said this all along. I love Eckler, you know, Eckler, RB one, blah, blah, blah. He is not a between the tackles runner. And again, when you only have eight or nine chances in the second half, that's, you know, it's kind of hard to get going anyways, regardless of who you are. I don't care how good of a running back you are. You only get eight or nine touches. You're probably not going to make a dent, right? So like, it, it's not really necessarily on Eckler, uh, but still, you know, Eckler is, is a fun, you know, scat back, right? He's, he, he can, he can catch the ball. He's great at that. You know, he, he's good at running every once in a while, finding holes here and there, but he's not your, you know, three down, you know, give him the ball and let him take care of business guy. We don't really have that guy on the team. We have Joshua Kelly who has emerged, but still hasn't really turned into anything. So, I mean, it just, it, it just wasn't there. You know, the, the whole, the whole team looked defeated. Uh, you know, the defense cannot go unscathed. I know we want to focus on the offense cause they only scored three points, uh, you know, basically somewhere around like, you know, the end of the fourth, uh, end of the second quarter, all the way through the end of the game, they only scored three more points. Which you know, if they had scored a touchdown instead of a field goal, they win that game, right? And and maybe that's hindsight. Maybe Jaguars do a few things differently if they score the touchdown, not a field goal. But still, the point is, a touchdown there makes the difference. But all they get is the field goal. That missed that missed field goal by Dicker could have been the difference. Could be the difference of that game. It, it's really hard to say. The point is, the offense and the defense both let down at the end. You know, one big stop. One big stop and hold probably could have changed that whole game, and the, and the defense just wasn't capable of doing it. And again, I don't want to pile on the defense too much because at the end of the day, they had an amazing first half, right? You, they, they did about all they could do in that first half to keep from, you know, besides, you know, score it themselves, right? It's it, it, it was a great first half, but you, you have to play four quarters in this league. And I've yet to see this team outside of like maybe two or three games I've yet to see this team under Brand Staley play four quarters, and that is a problem. So, you know, it's it is what it is. It's a devastating loss. It's I wish I could say it is very surprising, but unfortunately, none of us can say that because we just kind of used to this pain. Uh, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think that's that's the key, Johnny. It's consistency because we can't play for four quarters, and you know, you you, you are going to win games playing like we have done. We, we won 10 of them, okay? But we, we need consistency. There is a reason why the Chiefs are there every year. You know, it's not just because of Patrick Mahomes. They've got consistency. They know how to close games out. And they have they've Andy Reid. Ba- they've got Andy Reid. They've got balance across their offense. You know, we're, we're talking about our offense now. We spoke about Matt Filer all season. He's not been playing great, but of late, he's played really, really good um, at, at left guard. He gave up a sack on Sunday, but generally he's played good. He was the uh, top five uh, or, or fifth best uh, ranked player on the Chargers uh, roster. Um, that's by, according to PFF and Sunday's game. But when you read Chargers wire, it looks like he's getting cut this season. So straight away, you know, you know, he's 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 his age is his age is knocking on. We're going to be looking at a different offensive line. In, in 2023, um, you know, the jury's still out on Pipkins for me. It sounds like the front office is all in on him. There's going to be a ton of work for for them all to do um, in this uh, in this off season and the preseason. Obviously, we'll, we'll get um, uh, Rashawn Slater back, but it's not necessarily pass protection that that's been causes the issue. We we just don't have a running game. 
And I think the Chargers have got to be really brave um, in, in the draft not to take a running back, um, at least in, in the first two rounds. Um, because we, you know, like you said, John, with, with Eckler, he's fun, but he's not between the tackles back. You know, we haven't got anyone who, just out of interest, who was the last Charger to run over 1,500 yards in a season? LT? Yeah, he's, I mean, they really haven't had anyone else. So, you, you know, and, and even to get, okay, Austin Eckler, you know, his net yards is there. He's, he's got a lot of catches. He, he gets a lot of yak. But, you know, a a, a true out there backfield uh, player that's going to at least clock up towards a thousand yards. We, we haven't had that and we don't have it. And it's certainly missing from our, from our um, offense. Um, and you just felt all season uh, guys that the offense has been letting the side down. Um, and here we go. Where are we now? We're on the 19th of January, two days after Joe Lombardi was fired. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of uh, tweets out there that's saying that, you know, they're the scapegoats. Clearly Tom Telesco staying and he wants to keep, uh, uh, Coach Staley on side. So Joe Lombardi goes, and then straight away, we've got an, uh, an offensive coordinator uh, position available. Um, it's got to be a lot different. I think Joe Lombardi was a bit vanilla again, um, didn't really show anything. I've been saying all season he was going to pull out the playbook towards the end of the season. That didn't happen. I mean, Dan, are you surprised that uh, Joe's actually been given the bullet? No, no, not at all. I mean, we've, we've spoken... We've spoken about this team's inability to finish a game. Um, despite winning quite a few of those close games, we still couldn't... You never had faith that we were actually going to go out there and get it done. And, like, you've got to imagine this. There's some of that feeling as well. In, in has to creep in a little bit for the players as well. Like, yeah, we're, we're making a habit of not scoring in the second half. Um, Three points I think, we scored in the second half. What is that all yeah. about? Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, part of that is, again, as I said, Austin Eckley, he, he's averaged in the regular season over six catches a game. This game, two. And it's just like, even even like a dump-off pass just wasn't there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised Lombardi's, Lombardi's gone. And I think with Lombardi going to see Shane Dago isn't that surprising either. Um, yeah, he seemed close with Herbert, but, you know, it Herbert just wasn't the same. Now, was that partly his injury throughout the early part of the season? Was that partly not having Slater there and having Salia instead? Um, but again, we said last week, Salia did pretty well, really, all things considered. I wonder whether we'll see him uh, slide across next year um, uh, to rival Pipkins. Well, that's a, that's a good question. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I, I mean, John, do, do you, I mean, looking back in on the season, do you think it would have helped if we'd have got rid of Lombardi mid-season? I know it's not a thing that the Chargers do, and it's, you, you, you know, um, I don't I mean, know, it's, it's, it's difficult then, isn't it? Who do you bring in? Because you, you're not going to start giving away draft capital to bring in another uh, an offensive coordinator that's already employed. You can't, I mean, when teams move away from a coordinator, uh, mid-season, it's basically to promote somebody within the organization who is familiar with the offensive scheme and plan and will go up and kind of change things up a little bit at least, right? Um, the idea is that you're removing the play caller, not the offense, right? You can't install a whole new offense mid-season. Hell, you can't even install a whole new offense starting week one or one or two you spent all off season and before the off season with you know playbooks going home and meetings and and, and working together. like you spent all installing this offense right you don't install a brand new offense what you do is you you know you elevate shane day or somebody else in that offensive staff to become the new play caller and you hope that by changing the way you call plays and run the game uh, you get better outcome out of that offense but i think system systemically the offense was the problem i think that type of offense does not suit this team I think that there was, uh, you know, I think Daniel Popper, uh, you know, who I can never say enough good things about. He wrote a really good article talking about like when uh, something that really caught my eye when or caught my ear, I guess, because uh, I was listening to the um, press conferences as I do. Unfortunately, we're, we're kind of taping during Telesco, so I'm going to have to re uh, watch the, the rerun of that. But, um, you know, Staley had said something about marrying the run game to the pass game. And I honestly like. I don't 
I wasn't 100 sure what he meant by that, and I was like, um, okay. Uh, but Staley really broke it down, saying, "Look, what you what you do when you do that is that you run an you run offensive concepts uh, in your run game that that mirror stuff in your um, in your passing game, so that when you do a play action, people actually buy into the fact that you're handing it off, right? Yeah. And when I think about it, I think about too, like the way that we set up runs versus the way we set up play action, they did look different. So the defense like didn't." It, it very rarely looked like the defense bought into that play action. Very rarely, right? And I yeah, think it's because easy of that. for the defense to read. Yeah. So if you're not, you know, and that's why there's a lot of talk about bringing in the Shanahan McVay offensive tree, right? Someone from that, someone from that system, because that offense is, you know, a wide zone blocking, uh, uh, run and pass type offense that incorporates run pass that look exactly the same. And you can't tell the difference until the quarterback is deciding to pass it or he's handed it off. You know, so I think that's what he's talking about, marrying them together. So, um, you know, and I think that is something that cannot be installed midseason. So, you know, to answer your question as long as possible. Um, no, I don't think you could. I don't think changing Lombardi out would have done a whole lot. Right. Maybe you get more attempts downfield. But to who? DeAndre Carter? Jeff Bandy? Like, who are you going to throw it to? So, uh, in, in essence, you know, personnel is a problem there, too. I pose a question because all all through, I think for about week four, you know, I monitor uh, Twitter and, and I don't always respond to people, but I see what, you know, what's going on out there. And there's a lot of calls for, for Joe Lombardi's head all the way through the season. And, and this is Hashtag why Lombardi out. Yeah. And I not a fan of doing that either, because generally when a coach leaves his post halfway through the season, it's for personal reasons, or he's done something that's, Bordering, or you know, you know, along the lines of misconduct, something like that. So, um, or he's been given an offer that he can't refuse to go somewhere else because there's a, there's a, there's an even bigger issue at another franchise. But it, it just makes you wonder now. I think it's the right thing if they're going to release him. We, we've we've fired him early enough to start that um, sort of uh, approach and get someone in before the draft because I think it was about twelve months ago we said. You know, if, if you're going to make any changes with a general manager or anything like that, it needs to be done early enough so that the 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 incumbents that, um, can actually assess what's going on and sort of have a say on what they think should happen in the draft, which is obviously the Chargers have got ahead of the curve. They've released Lombardi. I mean, Dan, is anybody you fancy coming in? Who, who's, your, who's your, if you're a GM, who are you bringing in as the offensive coordinator and why? I honestly don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. I've seen people saying Greg Roman now that he's been released by the Ravens, but you know, I, I'm okay there. Um, so yeah, I don't know that there's anyone that really stands out as a coordinator. I haven't really put too much into it. I know, I know you've got your your kind of dream um, scenario. So so go on, sh- share it with the I, I can't I can't go there. No, it's it's, it's <laughs> complete. There's a, there's a guy who talks a lot of sense. Is is a is a play caller. He's never going to leave the booth. Super, Marsh? No, no. Oh, okay. He used to play for. He used to play for. It's never going to happen. But I Jim just, Nance. Jim Nance. Yeah. <laughs> I I just love listen Romo? someone. Yeah, Romo. Somebody of his. Uh, aptitude, somebody that's that's likable, uh, someone that knows what they're doing, somebody that knows what they're doing, um, you, you, somebody that could read the game. John, you always talk about someone that can change things up, and you know you've got you've got people out there, ex pros. They can they know what's going on before the even quarterbacks even receive that that snap, um, and I think that's the position we need to get ourselves in. Can the new Head coach, uh, uh, offensive coordinator, get you know, ca- can he get his head around the game and not be weighed down by human paralysis, which is at times what Joe Lombardi looked like. He didn't know what to do, he didn't know how to adapt. Now, it's easy sitting here and saying this because it's very complicated. I mean, some of the playbooks in the NFL they are thick, you know, there there's hundreds of pages in there, but uh, we, we've got to have someone in there that ultimately can get the best out of Justin Herbert. Because we've got a generational quarterback. He's had his problems this season. And I think I wrote about this in the, the aftermath. The Chargers didn't lose that game on, on Saturday. We lost that game in preseason, in my opinion, because 
we weren't ready. You know, there was the, the issue with JC Jackson with his ankle injury. Why wasn't that done earlier? You know, the fact that then we went and got beaten up by Kansas City. There's nowhere on earth that Justin Herbert should have been allowed to play with those broken rib cartilages because it could have cost him his entire season. And he's come through them struggles. And I think we said it last week, Herbert will probably never really recover now until he goes away and resets the preseason. There's lots of mistakes made throughout the season. We didn't address the running game. And for me, we we lost, looking back, we lost that, we lost the season. But John, offensive coordinator, who who, who do you like? Who, who's coming in? Um, I think we bring in a... Um... A savant, a genius, someone who works with young people and turns them into champions. And his name is, this is going to be crazy. It's a little out of the box. We're pulling someone from Europe. His name is Mikel Arteta. Now, <laughs> what he's doing for Arsenal is amazing. By the way, Tottenham up, even though I hate the Spurs, but they're, they're beating City right now, 2-0. So I can't complain about that. Yeah, that yeah. Lead, baby. <laughs> Anyways, um, honestly, I think... So a name that immediately hit my mind um, was Matt LaFleur. And I know people are really worried about that name, but he was the passing game coordinator in San Francisco uh, when they really overhauled that offense and really turned it into the elite what it, uh, offense that it was. And, you know, I'll say this. He just kind of, in a sense, flamed out in New York. I think he was a fall guy in New York. Now, the, I, I run the risk of sounding like somebody who, you know, who's like, hey, you just you're just letting the excuses you're about to use for LaFleur are some of the are some of the excuses that everyone else was trying to make for Lombardi. But it's not the case. LaFleur was handcuffed by not only injuries, but also by an awful, awful quarterback in Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is not an NFL quarterback. He is a child. Um, <laughs> he is, you know. He is the epitome of spoiled child told his whole life. He's the best. And then when it was time, when things got hard has folded, has not stood up to the challenge. And that's who Zach Wilson is. So um, when Mike white, the eternal Mike white journeyman, Mike white comes in and looks like an all-star in your offense. And you can't even muster more, a touchdown against a Patriots team. That's not very good. Like there's something wrong with you. So anyways, he's hampered by Zach Wilson. He's hampered by some, uh, you know, injuries and stuff on the offensive line. And it, it, the offense had some problems. And, and in fairness, you know, that's, I know Lombardi had some of the similar issues, but Lombardi had Herbert the whole time. And I think even with what I really like about LaFleur is you could see the offense changing between the quarterbacks, between with Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, Mike White. You could see the offense changing between the three quarterbacks, meaning he understands that you have to be able to modify what you do for the talent on the field. And even though he wasn't able to get a lot of success out of the talent that was there, I mean, it is the Jets after all. Um, I, I really think that he could bring that that great, you know, run pass combo that is so lethal in San Francisco that makes someone like Brock Purdy look like a friggin' all pro quarterback. Uh, I think he can bring some of that with him. So I think that is one uh, Joe Brady. Uh, I, I know he didn't have a that great was, That career. was a name. I'd got the page open ready yeah. to jump in and say a name okay. that I'd forgotten about was, was Joe Brady. He was um, in Carolina. How did you forget? About yeah. So he was in Carolina, but he was their their original full guy when things started going wrong, when it was, it was yeah. always Matt rule. It was always Matt. Rule. Yeah, Matt and we Rule's. saw that turn around when Matt Rule left, and Brady got the shaft. Playing. Yeah, but um, yeah. Joe Brady was wasn't the problem, and he's he's been in Buffalo. Yeah, um, there is one more name that I thought we um God, we haven't touched on. He hasn't had the best year. He's been with the Texans, but he knows Herbert Pep, Pep Hamilton. Hamilton. Nice. I always liked Pep Hamilton. I I do too. I just God. don't. I just don't know if I, I trust him as a, as the offensive coordinator. That's fair. That's fair. Like if if we if he if someone wants to bring him back as the quarterbacks coach, if he's willing to do that because he he doesn't have a job, then sure. But um, I just have a feeling that the reason they got rid of the quarterbacks coach slash passing game coordinator is because that's kind of like the number two guy. It feels like in the NFL. I don't know. If, I, I don't. I might be crazy, but it feels like you've got your offense coordinator and then you have your like your QB coach slash passing game coordinators tends to be like that number two guy. Yeah. So I think you know if you're bringing in a new a new chief, he's going to want his, his assistant. Own two, yeah. yeah, his own number two. Well, I mean that's not saying they're not going to just run the table on the entire offense. They could, but <laughs> at the very least, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to give you who I think might come in and some other names. And I was listening to a 
big big NFL show yesterday, day before yesterday, and why the Chargers might not be the perfect prospect for a future offensive coordinator. We'll be back shortly. The NFL play action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all a new existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. Keep an eye out this weekend's games. going to be a lot of hotly contested action, especially in the trenches. I'm looking forward to see if Jacksonville can knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to Charge Up Bolts podcast. Uh, I'm your host, John Wals Jr., joined by Dan King and John Ayres. We're talking about the Chargers and our failure to uh, advance the playoffs, focusing heavily on a lackluster offense. Lombardi's gone. Who's coming in? Other names that have been banded around. Frank Wright, uh, initially I pulled a face. And, and, you know, John, you quite rightly said to me, you know, he's actually... He, he can change games uh, and he's done some uh, good things. He might want to uh, come into the fold. You, you know, he's, he's 61. He's got a lot of experience. He worked with Andrew Luck. He worked with uh, Philip Rivers. He's another coach that can adapt different players. Um, and then, of course, we've got Brian Johnson from the Eagles. Now, Jalen Hurts has emerged into a, uh, a very, very good quarterback. You know, I, I would argue he's, he's now in a... Uh, a tier one spot. Um, so, you know, there's there's options out there, which probably means that everybody we've mentioned won't get a shot and it'll be somebody else coming in. But here's the big one. You know, mainstream media have all been saying how attractive this role is with Justin Herbert uh, under centre. One guy who thinks that that's all nonsense is Mike Florio. What, what he said is basically, he's right. There's a bit of baggage there within that... Um, um, Chargers building, the fact that they managed to charge her every season and 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 not come out on, on top. And then, of course, anybody watching what's going on with the Chargers will know that as head coaches do, as general managers do, they make someone the scapegoat. So it's a it's a it's a gamble for the Chargers, it's a gamble for the applicant. You know, you roll the dice, it's either going to work or it's not. So there's there's different ways of looking at this. I'm the type of guy that thinks go and work with Justin Herbert. Get in there. You still got some. You've still got a couple of years left with Keenan Allen. You know Mike Williams is going to come back. He had a great season when he was healthy. Um, he had a brilliant season last season. You know there's there's some great pieces on the offensive line. Eckler's good, but I would want assurances if I'm the offensive coordinator, guys, that you're going to bring in a running back. You know, what, what is the negotiations going to look like, John? If if you're stepping up to the table and you're talking to Tom Telesco and you're saying, what are you doing in the draft pick? Well, actually, we're going to go and get a, we're going to go and get a left guard and we're going to get a defensive end. What do you do then? There's there's so many questions, I suppose. It's all up, it's all up in the air, isn't it? I mean, it's, I mean I, I'm still recovering from the season, so trying to look ahead at, you know, what, what holes need to be plugged and all that stuff. Uh, I think are hard. I think I think ultimately, when you look at the OC job, though, um, to your point about Florio saying, um, is to me, it's not about the chartering thing. It's, not, it's just about the expectations, right? You it come high. If you're a first-time offensive coordinator, right? You're one of these passing game coordinators. Someone that we didn't mention. That I want to give honor roll to mention to was, was Slowick Solowick. I think it is the passing game coordinator in San Francisco currently. Um, been a coach ten years, young guy. Uh, seems pretty bright. I mean, it's got that passing game. Look, obviously, with Brock Purdy, you got the passing game looking good. Um, but, um, you know, you're a guy like that, and you're in a successful offensive system as it is. Um, you're young, and you want to make that jump to offensive coordinator. Now, here's the issue. 
you you could make the jump to a team like the Chargers where you have all this talent. But the problem is you you end up with a lot of um you basically end up without any excuses, right? Like you can't come to the Chargers loaded offense with Justin Herbert already installed, Austin Eckler there, Williams Allen, whatever pieces they add in the draft or trade uh, or or sign free agency. You can't jump to that offense, be the offensive coordinator and have a bad year, right? Like it, that's just it just people just start saying he wasn't ready. You you know you weren't meant to be a coordinator. You need to go back to whatever. Blah 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 blah. So if you go to another team like you know that doesn't have playoff expectations or or they would just be happy to be in the playoffs, right? You you take quarter of that offense, even if your first year isn't great. It's like yeah, the team wasn't great anyways. He did the best he could. Let's see what year two looks like, right? Yeah. I I think that's what Florio really is hinting at. Maybe is that there's just an added expectation when you take over the Chargers job this year. Uh, this coming up year because that window's closing. We've got a lot of guys who are coming up on contract, on contracts, uh, end dates, and and big numbers that, you know, as great as we like to say, Telesco and the front offices at like backloading and creating trap doors in in, uh, in um, contracts. The problem with that is when you get to those trap door years, if you still need that player, guess what? Now you're paying that player a pretty big amount of money. So. You know, they're going to have to make some decisions soon, right? Like Austin Eckler, his his contract's up at the end of 2023. Isn't that right? His next, yeah. his next year, his last yeah. season with the team? It is. Yeah. So I don't know if you're going to get him for, you know, $25 million or whatever small-ass number you, you threw at him, right? Um, I don't know if you're going to get him back. And if that's the case, if you have to if you have to start paying, you know, him 10-plus million a year, you can't afford him. Not with not with paying Herbert. Not with what you're paying Mike Williams. But, but you're still paying Keenan Allen everybody else on the field, right? Like Eckler is going to be gone. Like th- the fact of the matter is I don't know how you keep Eckler. Like that's why, like, you know, we talked about draft. Fillings. I think running back in the first round is a legitimate thing for the chargers. They want to get the running game going. There's an elite all pro caliber running back in the draft. Bijan Robinson, hook him horns. Uh, Austin. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I think that you draft, I mean, this is Telesco has done this many, many years. You know, when you get towards the end of a contract and he doesn't feel like he's going to necessarily re-up that player, he will draft their replacement right in front of them. You know, so it would not surprise me to see them use a first or even a second-round pick on a running back. Um, but the point is, you're coming into an offense with all of these pieces that are kind of win-now pieces that may not be there in two two or three years. So there's a lot of pressure on that. That's why I think that's maybe not the best scenario for a young offensive coordinator, why it may be like Michael LaFleur, who's had coordinator position. He's, he's been in the league for years. He's, he's, you know, Greg Roman. I don't love Greg Roman. I think what he did in, in, in Baltimore was awesome, but you could see that that offense really ran through Lamar Jackson. And, and I don't know how good that is, right? Like, is that, it, it, it's that chicken or the egg thing is was the offense good or was just Lamar Jackson good? Cause I'm a big believer in Lamar Jackson. And it's well, his, his the Bez input that we won't get. Cause he's not here, but, Cut oh, well, if <laughs> cut, trade trade away Herbert, get <coughs> Jackson, get Greg Roman. There's there's the best for you. Oh, B. Right. John Robinson, he would be a beast. I mean, John, go back to your point on uh, Bobby um, uh, Slovic. Um, you know, you've also got Brian Grease there, the quarterback coach. So, mm. you know, it's mm. someone that's done something different. But this yeah. is what I'm saying. It's I think the Chargers have got so many options. I'm sure Staley and Tom Telesco. I'm hoping it's just Daniel did... Hackett. That's no. another name that I've seen or, out there. Or, and it's just or like, no but I did or hear. I did hear. I did hear a clip of Tom Telesco's um, presser before we came on air, saying that Justin Herbert would be involved in the conversation of who they're going to actually appoint. Now this is interesting. Herbert Frosey. Uh, Herbert Frosey. Herbert. <laughs> Is this his fourth year coming up now? He's going to be a fourth-year pro. Has already got a lot of power in this organization. And goodness knows what his contract is. If Patrick Mahomes got 300 million, I have got no qualms that Herbert won't even will, will not be close to getting that sort of a figure, which then starts adding additional pressures to the roster. Like you said, how do you keep Keenan Allen? So there's a lot to talk about. It's not just a case of let's just bring in a head coach and, and let's let's roll with it. If I'm the head coach coming in, yeah, I'm excited about playing with uh, you know coaching Herbert, but I want assurances that the charge is going to be aggressive with the draft. 
and then get Bijan Robinson because he's an absolute monster, you know. Um, so it, he is. I think I've, I've watched him personally, uh, watched a lot of Longhorns games since the move to Texas, and uh, not necessarily by choice, but actually, I'm a, I'm a converted Longhorns fan now that we've got Manning, Woo. future. <laughs> I don't know who he's gonna. What do you think? He's probably a future Lions quarterback. Who do you think he's a quarterback in three years, two years? Probably the Lions. Most of the league, if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, that is actually a good point. Most, most of the, the most of the most of the league because heir apparent to the Manning. Yeah, you gotta I mean, get that bloodline, baby. I know you Brits love the bloodline stuff, the royalty stuff. I know you're into it. I watched. <laughs> I, I, I watched. I, I read the Prince Harry memoir. I, I, I'm, I'm up to date. Don't read his. My wife bought that. I was really disappointed because he, he's not a nice. But making comments to the there. I want to be left alone. I just oh, want to live yeah. my life. Oh, here's my memoir. Here's my memoir. My brother and, pushed my... me over. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, no. And, me with a pillow one time when we were young. He has got no friends in the United Kingdom, by the way. No one likes him. Adios. Yeah. Um, I'd have him uh, round for dinner. Well, yeah, do you know what? If he wants to donate fifty million quid to charges. So, you know, whatever. Harry for OC. Harry for OC. But I, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, take quick, on whoever we... Quick, guys. I don't know if you saw this. I just want to break into... Go, go, go. Breaking news. It's not important news, I think. I mean, it's it's good news, but it's not like a big breaking story. Um, and again, this is Tom Telesco saying this, so take that for what it's worth. Um, but he was asked directly about the idea of of letting uh, of, of saving cap space like and letting go of Keenan Allen. In parting ways, and he basically shot it down. And said that doesn't sound appealing to me at all. So, Allen's not going anywhere. I know that. I know there are some people who've been kind of clamoring, but and neither is Bosa, Bez, because I know you'll be listening to this when you get in. Dan, you're on mute. No, it is Dan is on mute. Dan, he's wow, on he's mute. so mad. He's on mute. He good. Exactly. We had to censor him out. Sorry, we had to censor exactly. that out. If the kids are around, please cover their ears. <laughs> <laughs> We're not moving on from Bosa. We're, we're not. There's, I don't think. No, we're, they're running we're it back. And look, the injury. I, I don't want to give people the injury excuse, but it is a legitimate excuse. This is the most injured team in the league. Okay, right again. Does that make up for the Telesco fact they got blown out? Also said in his press conference, "Oh, the injury thing is overplayed." It's like, yeah. So I, guy, that excuse is there for you to use. Use it. Uh, this is secondhand information because I have not watched it, so I don't like to be the guy speculating on things I read on Twitter. But someone said that Daniel Popper corrected him with the stats. So, <laughs> oh Popper, you silly son of a bee! Is, is Popper still going to be our beat writer next season? Do we know? I don't know. Maybe I know the Athletic like to move things around, don't they? He hasn't actually I said anything. I assume that a promotion from the Chargers would be a, a like one of the major teams, but I don't know. It would be interesting, but you know. I, yeah, I just I'm just looking forward to see what's going on. There's lots of permutations for the Chargers in the off season. Um, we've we've had a we've had a situation where we've lost uh, linebackers coach. Um, you know, I mean, there got... were three of them, right? Like, who is he coaching? Alohi Gilman, apparently. <laughs> apparently, as a linebacker, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. He was he was the only person I saw tweet about it when he retweeted Popper's um, tweet about it. I think they need to look at the strength and conditioning coach as well. But special teams, it's fine. Yeah, we don't talk about special teams in a negative way. It, it, it it's good. Look, I I think on the whole, oh, five o'clock Sunday morning UK time, I was like, what's just happened? You know, the dust settled. It's now it's time to start looking ahead at the draft and then before we know it we'll be back into September ready to go again we've got some uh, interesting matchups this season I'm looking forward to um, playing the Chiefs again doing the sweep <laughs> <laughs> one of these years well we've got some interesting uh, NFL international games the Bills are looking forward to seeing them if I can get tickets for that not bothered about seeing the Jacksonville Jaguars Seen them too many times. Yeah, we have, we have, um, especially this last week. John, what's the what's the word on the street back home with with what's happened with the charges outside of the sort of uh, mainstream media, which we'll have all have sort of heard and, and listened to? Um, you know, I, I, I I'm going to echo a lot of tweets I've seen where people are like, "Man, yeah." I mean, obviously there is the fair amount of you know, mostly like Raider fans or fan bases that are full of assholes, you know, trying to rub it in, blah 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 blah. Uh, but really, it's 
it's so bad that people aren't even like talking shit. They're just like, oops, excuse me, language. They are like con- consoling, like, hey, man, that was a tough one. Right. Like when people, when all people can say is, oh, that was a tough one, or oh, man, I can't believe it. Right. Like, you know, it's bad. Like they're like, it's so bad that they can't even like make fun of you for ch- for charging, quote unquote. Right. So it is, I mean, it, it's embarrassing. It really is. You know, it, it, it's a really embarrassing look. And, you know, I, you know, since I've got season tickets and I try to get back for a couple games a year, as many as I can. Um, but, you know, I have to sell most of my tickets because I just I can't afford to fly back every weekend. I guess I could if I wanted to. But, you know, um, I like having a house. So um, but um, it's them winning is beneficial, not just to my soul, but to my paycheck or to my my wallet, because it's easier to sell tickets when the team's good than if the team's crappy and nobody wants yeah. to go. So Agreed. it's uh, you know, it's it feels it feels humbling and, and and it sucks, but like, you know, like anything else in football, it's how do you respond, right? How does this team respond? Do they come out next year and play with a renewed passion with that loss in the back of their minds? Or do they come out and poop the bed? You know, well, and go I, another head coach. I don't know. Sebastian Joseph Day, I think he's been quite vocal in socials and he's he seems up for the fight. I think, you know, he's one of the natural leaders in the roster. Um Things happen very quickly in sport. It changes as Tottenham are now charging, and it's now two alls. <laughs> Man City have scored two goals in two minutes. So <laughs> that's not a good thing for John's like, no. But uh, back to the real football. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's dust settled. It's, it's, it's time to move forward. Um, I got on the London Underground on Tuesday, and a guy got on with a Raiders cap on, and I thought, I can't even take you seriously because you probably don't even know who the LA Raiders are. Las Vegas Raiders, should I say? <laughs> um, do you know who they are? Do I know? No, some <laughs> just some sort of black and silver thing on his heart. It's like, yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, fortunately for most of us in the UK, unless you're living and breathing on socials on on um, you know in the uh, group chats and stuff, uh, you sort of exempt any real sort of pain and, and suffering from rival fans. Um, I have enough of that with the soccer, so it, it's quite sort of easy just to hide in the background with with, with the with football, uh, especially after that horrendous loss. But I don't want to see that again, giving up 27 points, call, causing five turnovers, you know, and then just literally capitulating three points in the second half. That... That, that that defeat is worse than the Raiders' defeat in Week 18 last year by by far, um, and I think that be a, those two games would be a good place to start training camp next uh, in, in the spring. This is what we don't want to be doing, but who knows, guys? Any final points on last week and and the OC position, Dan? Um, on on. Last week, um, we just need to move on and put it behind us. We, I don't agree with with um, Staley's initial thoughts where he said we didn't perform well in every stage of the game, in all three stages of the game, because I think special teams did okay. Yeah, um, Dicker missed a kick, but, you know, kickers aren't perfect. Um, but, yeah, OC, I just, I just want to see someone positive. Um that's that's all I can hope for. So, somebody out there, we've got to get the right guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Telesco in his it's a lot of people have mentioned this already, but uh, Telesco in his press conference did say um, Justin Herbert's going to be part of the process. So yep. hopefully Herbert uh, is able to kind of get in there and make his mark and say, hey, this is this is what I want to do, right? This is my next level is I want to be able to do this better, or I want the offense to be able to be able to do this or whatever. And you know, how is that? Um, and finding a coordinator that can kind of mesh with that, right? So, um, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, what how, what comes of this. There's a lot of options, you know. We didn't really even talk about anybody from college, um, you know, the uh, coach from uh, Georgia, uh, put on that butt whooping on TCU, has played really elite level football for two years with a quarterback that, no offense to Stetson Bennett, uh, is. <laughs> is 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 a practice squad quarterback at best in the nfl uh but made him look good name for a hat bad name for a quarterback exactly looked like he could play in the nfl based off what you saw um 
in game. So, you know, that might be an option. Obviously, like I said, we talked about Greg Roman. I think there is some appeal there given how well he had that run game going. But again, a lot of that run game predicated in the fact that they were worried about um uh they were worried about Lamar running. And you know, it just seems that this organization 100% is all about protecting Justin Herbert, right? And it feels like and whether that was a Joe Lombardi thing, uh I don't know if that's a Lombardi thing where Lombardi was just so scared to death that he'd get Herbert hurt that he didn't let him really get outside the pocket and run a lot and use him a lot in the run game. I don't know. Or if that's an organizational thing that like, Hey, we're not going to risk our quarterback's health. Right. And if that's the case, then I don't think Greg Roman's an option. So I think there's a lot of, this is going to take some twists and turns. There's a lot of names that are going to come up. Ultimately. I think I agree with Popper, just the words that were used in, in what Staley was kind of keying in on. I, I really expect somebody to who has had some sort of experience within the Shanahan McVay thing. Um, you know, and honestly, what would be an, a, a, a really good scenario is if Sean McVay would just, say, you know what, head coaching is too much. He, he wants to get out of the gig anyways, and he comes over and just be an offensive coordinator. Less stress, more hey. time off, Sean. Come on over. We'll gladly have you as offensive coordinator. That, that, uh, how how <laughs> weird would that be, having a flip where Staley's working for McVeigh and then two years down the line, three years down the line? He, every off, this is about two two or three off-seasons off in a row he's talked about, uh, McVeigh's talked about retiring, right? Well, look, so, look, look. If McVeigh came to the Chargers, he doesn't have to move house. All he's got to do is throw out those hats with two bananas on and get some decent gear with the bolt on. It's as simple as that. It take half an hour to make the transition. Yeah. So anyways. Vay for OC. I'm going for it. Well, what about Cliff? Maybe McVay in the OC, but not as OC. What about what about Cliff Kingsbury? Maybe. I mean, I did. I didn't love, I don't love what he does on offense. Um, you know, and I haven't really, you know, I haven't really been super impressed um, with him as a head coach. So, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, there are, there are what now 10 uh, offensive coordinator openings in the NFL. Yeah. Right. 10. That is uh that's a lot of seats to fill. So, you know, the chargers need to get out there and they need to start interviewing people. Right. And I've already seen some rumors that they've put out some requests already um, they've reached out to uh, was it the Vikings OC to see if he would uh, if he wanted to come and interview and he declined. So looks like Fair. they are. Looks like there seem. I'm guessing there might be a priority on somebody who's calling plays already or who at least has called plays in the past, right? So maybe maybe or maybe that's just the one guy that they keyed in on. Like, hey, we like what you do here. So we'll see where this goes. There'll be a lot of twists and turns. There'll be a lot of names popping up. Um, both ones we like and don't like, so it'll be exciting, and then we can focus on you know the best time of year, draft time. All right. Oh yeah. I John wonder, Robinson to the moon. 28th of April, folks. I wonder if um, I, uh, John, you touched on play calling there offensively. I wonder if we'll see Staley stop calling the defense plays. No, he said in his um, press conference he intends to call plays. So he is. There, I, I imagine there's not going to be a ton of turnover in his defensive yeah. staff unless there's some guy that he wanted that ends up, you know, leaving a, a situation somewhere else and he wants to make room for them. Um, you know, other than a or few someone gets snapped up. I mean, I can't see it really happening. But I, yeah, uh, it was funny because uh, someone asked Staley about, hey, do you think. Um, do you think, you know, you're, there's going to be more turnover in your coaching staff? And he kind of just, he kind of sidestepped and said, Hey, you know, uh, you know, I, I think there's probably going to be some changes and some movements. Obviously we've already made some coaching changes, but when we bring the new OC in, he might want to bring some guys in. He's like, and you know, we're, we're going to lose some people too, right? You know, some people we might decide it's not working out. Um, some people, you know, may just find, you know, get picked off by other teams. And I thought, mm, I'm not sure anybody's going to look at that defense and go, yeah, I want those guys on my team. Right. Like not a whole lot of bright spots on that, on the defensive side. If you, you know, besides our premier players. So, um, and offensively, again, I don't think there's a lot of guys who other people are going to reach across the aisle and go, you know what? I got to get me that bandy kid. What's he going to cost? So, uh, (laughs) just kidding. Uh, we've got, we got to, got to get me, you know, the, their, whatever court, their run game coordinator, the running back coach. I don't really think anybody's going to reach across the aisle to get one of those coaches. So I have to imagine that if there is turnover, uh, it's going to be, you know, us letting somebody go and then bringing someone in to replace them versus someone stealing from the chargers. But you know, I've been wrong before. 
Yeah, lots to be looking forward to. Um, I think the last point for me is to see some salty fans saying, I'm done with the Chargers, give it a rest, will you? You know, you can't just keep going around bandwagoning. Um, you're either on board or you're not. Bolt up. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You know, let's let's look forward. Uh, we've got a great quarterback. We've, we've got some great pieces in, in the in the locker room. We just need, he just needs polishing off now. Decent, if decent, probably the wrong word. Good, very good um, offensive coordinator to come in to get the most out of Herbert. Sort out strength and conditioning. Running back in the first round. Who knows? Running back in the second round. That's where our strength needs to uh, be uh, this season. Who knows what's going to happen? We can, we shall see. Hopefully, by the time we record in a week or two, we've got a new offensive coordinator. If we haven't, I'll be starting to worry because that means that, as you said, John, that the, the options are starting to dwindle. Uh, and we don't want to be just clutching at straws for the sake of it. We'll have we'll have Staley calling offensive and defensive plays. It'd be a nightmare. Philip Rivers, get him in. <laughs> Guys, it's been fun despite the uh, horrendous result at the weekend. Where can we find you on socials, John? Uh, you can find me at Adroid Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate. And you can Damn. find me at UKLA Chargers and at Blue Amolga. You can find us on YouTube at Charge.Bolts. Don't forget to follow Bez, Bez the Spaniard. Uh, charged up underscore pod. I, be- I believe Bez and- is currently live tweeting uh, his his railway adventure. So you know, if you want to know how the railway situation <laughs> in the UK is, uh, follow Bez. Hashtag he's, railway god. He's absolutely furious because he was he was hoping to get on this show. Uh, you can follow me, charged up uh, underscore bolts and Enzo eighty five. Thanks for watching, folks. It wasn't the end of the season that we wanted, um, but it's not we'll the end of the back. world. It's not the end of the world, but it will be if Arsenal don't win the Premier League, John. So I can't I can't take that right now. That's <laughs> I mean City scored a third, so are you shooting me? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not Guys, looking, dude. Enjoy the rest of your evening and thanks for listening, folks. Bolt up. Bolt up. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt